Hello and welcome in to a new Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, your home for all Colorado sports, collegiate, pro, or otherwise. And we are going to talk about the Denver Nuggets 120-115 to win over Michael Malone's former team, the Sacramento Kings. Also, quick tangent, it's just very, very funny that Michael Malone always has to have a close game against his former team. It's just hysterical because it looks like his hair like, changes a different shade of gray every time they play the Kings. And Malone, who doesn't wear purple still to this day because of his firing from the Kings, just clearly it gets under his skin a little bit. Um, It's not that Malone ever talks about it. He's never vocal about it. But it's just funny what a toll these games can take on him. Uh, before we go any further, I want to give a quick shout out to Untuck It, who is a big sponsor and a big benefactor for the Blue Wire Podcast Network as a whole. They do great work. I'm going to talk about them here in the next 5-10 minutes about all the great work they do with having comfortable, uh, casual, still professional-looking clothing. But overall, just big shout-out to Untuck It, as well as Terrapin Care Station, who has been a big supporter of this podcast for the better part of a year, and the Regulators Production Group, who made the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. So, of course, i got to make sure that I give them some love, and you will hear more about them later on. So again, we're going to talk about how the Nuggets beat the Kings 120-115. to 115. I'll talk about Paul Millsap being out and Jeremy Grant starting for him. I'll talk about Gary Harris being out and Michael Porter Jr. slotting into the starting lineup, as well as how this was his first NBA start, as well as his best game as a pro. Um, the Nuggets blew another lead in the fourth quarter, believe it or not, but overall it was a team effort for the win. Barton was once again doing everything the Nuggets needed. Uh, Malik Beasley and Wancho struggled, as did Jamal Murray. But Mason Plumlee was very productive, as was Jeremy Grant, as was Michael Porter Jr., as was Nikola Jokic, as was pretty much everybody who played. There was a very, uh, Jeremy Grant was very, very good in this game, as was, in my opinion, Mason Plumlee deserved a lot of love for what he did in this game. So we're going to talk about a whole lot. It's going to be a very, very fun podcast, in my opinion. Who knows if it's actually going to be fun for you, but I like doing these, so I hope you like them as well. Also, there is going to be a very special podcast that drops on the first of the year to start the decade off the right way. There's a very special guest that will be on the show talking about a wide range of topics and some very, very revealing comments. So make sure to check your your feeds that morning when you wake up on New Year's Day, very hungover from all of the terrible drinking you did downtown the night before. But there is going to be a great podcast to listen to as you drink your Gatorade or Pedialyte and have your breakfast burrito to try and save yourself. So going to be a fun show. Like I was saying, we're going to take our first break, tell you about untuck it, and we will come back and break down this Denver Nuggets win. Because usually they are not made to be worn untucked. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter what your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. That's so important for me because I'm short and I'm stubby, so finding clothes that fit perfectly is much more rare than you would think. That's why Untuck It is so great. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. 
You can even find your favorite Untuck It style online, or you can check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and so much more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is easy to use. They even have an entire page devoted to just helping you find the right fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a, a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. did not play as did Gary Harris. Gary Harris is dealing with some kind of left shin contusion while Paul Millsap is out with a left knee contusion. So Jeremy Grant instead of Mason Plumley like last game started for Paul Millsap at power forward. Where things got interesting was in the backcourt where Michael Malone slid Will Barton into the shooting guard spot and started Michael Porter Jr. for his very very first career start. I don't want to talk about him yet. We're going to get to him. We'll get there in a second. I just want to talk about a couple things first. But overall, I love this lineup. Like I absolutely adore this lineup. And again, a lot of it is in theory. I'm not going to sit here and be like, they need to play this 30 minutes. And it's not like that. In theory, this lineup is just magnificent. You have Jamal Murray, who is a constant three-point threat, a guy who can be a secondary creator for you and someone who can you know, get their shot off from pretty much anywhere on the floor. You then have Will Barton, who is six foot six, long, athletic, has been a much better defender this year, and someone who can also break down a defense for you on a whim or play off ball and still continue to hit 40% of his threes like he has done all year long. Then you have Michael Porter Jr. at small forward at six foot ten with a seven plus foot wingspan and someone who can hit shots from anywhere on the floor, make a lot of plays happen with his length, and really be able to be the offensive stalwart on that team to be able to score pretty much whenever he has an advantage. Then you have Jeremy Grant, who's hitting 40% of his threes this year, is also nearly 6, uh, he's like 6'10", 6'11", freakishly athletic, but also spaces the floor, two-way player, all alongside Nikola Jokic. That is so much length, so much shooting, so much athletic ability, and so many different options that exist within that kind of a lineup. And because of that, it was just stellar. Like, I really thought that lineup did so many good things tonight. Yes, there were a lot of bad moments. Like, defensively, when you don't have Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, obviously, your defense is going to take a step back. I'm going to talk about that later as well, so don't think I'm trying to skip out on it, but... Overall, considering that the Nuggets were lacking two starters, that group was just so much fun, and hopefully this starts a trend, because if Michael Malone wanted to, he could absolutely pull out Paul Millsap and Gary Harris first as his first subs off the bench to get Michael Porter Jr. in and to get Jeremy Grant in, and that way Paul Millsap and Gary Harris can blend into the bench unit and be able to give them a bit of a lift as well. I really hope we see that rotation more, because that five-man lineup that played tonight has a lot of potential. It has a lot of volatility as well, like defensively and rebounding, there are some serious concerns with it, but if they play like they did tonight, it's hard to find issue with that lineup. So that's my quick thing about that, you know, the people who didn't play and the people who did start, but it really, really seemed like that's a lineup that the Nuggets should try and pay more attention to and potentially utilize more often down the line. 
the next big thing before I talk about Michael Porter Jr. is that <laughs> the Denver Nuggets blew another damn lead. I I tweeted that the Nuggets are becoming masters at the art of losing leads earlier today, and it's just true. Like This Nuggets team just continually finds ways to take their foot off the gas and let any team get back into it. Nemanja Bialica turned into Steph Curry for a hot minute and just couldn't miss. Like He looked like Davis Bertans out there hitting five of his what? What did he, what did he hit? Bielitsa was 5 of 7 from 3 and 10 of 13 from the field for 27 damn points tonight. Um, was great in the fourth quarter. The Nuggets ended up giving up uh, 34 points in the fourth quarter and were outscored by 2 because they were able to score at will on the other end. But when you let a 14-point lead get down to 3 in the fourth quarter, like, come on. Like, at what point is this going to stop? I don't know. I don't see any signs of it letting up. But Michael Malone made a great point. If your issue is that you're up by 20 and then have to learn how to handle playing with the lead, that is much, much, much better than trying to learn how to even develop a lead. So overall, this is nitpicky to a degree because the Nuggets continue to win games. They're 23-9 and and on pace for 59 wins. But it is going to become an issue if it is not solved soon. All right, let's talk about Michael Porter Jr. because I can't go any further. Let's just give you his stats. Okay, Michael Porter Jr. in this game played 26 minutes. He was 8 of 10 from the field, hit one of his three threes, hit both of his free throws, grabbed six rebounds, three offensive and three defensive, and was a plus five in 26 uh, minutes and had 19 points. That's... (laughs) That's really, really impressive for your very, very first NBA start ever. I mean, like, he hasn't played that many minutes with these starters. He doesn't know how this unit works very well. This is not like he has a great point of reference. It's not like the five minutes he plays here and there have made a drastic um, impact that he'll be able to know exactly how to play at this starting unit and play 26 minutes. He just went out there and fucking balled, man. Like, I had a lot of respect for how he played this game because... He was not hesitant. He was not timid. And also, massive, massive, massive credit to Michael Malone because instead of just running typical plays that he does to start the game, he just reruns that double rip to get Nikola Jokic the a post up where he goes over the screen. The screen is set badly and all these different things. But instead of running that typical double rip set to get Jokic a post up to start the game, Michael Malone ran the C corner, which Adam Mata as a DMVR has done a phenomenal job of explaining. It's on his list right now, and he did a video on it. But in that C corner play, Jamal Murray sets an angled screen, and Michael Porter Jr. just cuts to the very front of the rim from the corner. And what makes this great is that if the player tries to switch it, then Michael Porter Jr. has an advantage in terms of just getting the defender behind him. If they are if they switch it, he gets a smaller defender. If they don't switch it, the defender ends up behind him. So They ran that on back-to-back plays to start the game, and Michael Porter Jr. drew a shooting foul in the first possession and hit an easy floater over De'Aaron Fox in the second. Again, credit to Adam Mades for breaking this down. Go to dnvr.com and read that article, the list that he puts up, because it's awesome. But again, Michael Malone made a point to get him involved early, and he wanted him to be comfortable. He wanted him to be able to come into this game and not have to think too much. So getting a shot to fall and hitting some free throws early, it just set the tone for him to be able to hit seemingly every single kind of shot you can conceive of. He hit layup. He hit a floater. He had an offensive rebound putback dunk. He had a step back three-pointer. He had a sidestep three-pointer. He had a step back mid-range jumper. He also had a, this is the crazy one, 
a fading to the left on the left side of the floor, jumping off of his left foot jumper as a righty. Like, to be able to come off of your left foot, center your body while fading away from the basket near the baseline, and shoot, that's just, like, it's ridiculous that he has that skill level at six foot ten on the move with a live dribble. Like, those are the things that have made Michael Porter Jr. so enticing ever since he was in high school at Hale. Like, his footwork on jumpers is incredible like when he took that slide step step back three-pointer that he had earlier like it was just such an effortless look when he hit the step back jumper um in the mid-range when the shot clock was getting low and the play had broken down it just looked so natural he can just get to a spot rise up and hit his shots if you go back and remember what brandon ingram did to the nuggets with against the new orleans pelicans it's very similar he just gets to his spot, uses his length and his size, rises up, and just nails the jumper because he is just so damn skilled. Um, this is the other thing. He was tied for the Nuggets' lead in scoring in this game. He played 26 minutes. He looked gassed, but still had a very, very strong motor. He was dreadful on defense at times, but still showed very, very strong flashes. But this is the thing. Like Literally, there were three moments in the first quarter in which Michael Porter Jr. just left Nemanja Bjelica. Like, literally just walked away from him for reasons that I just cannot comprehend. And it led to them scoring five points very quickly, and Michael Malone stuck with him. Again, credit to Michael Malone, but for all of the positivity around his game, there was some dreadful defense. But again, that is predictable. That is expected. That is understandable. What is so surprising is that despite the fact that he still isn't caught up to the NBA speed, despite the fact that this was his first start, despite the fact that he has never played this many minutes, he went out there and just balled and played great and did so alongside the starters, alongside Nikola Jokic, alongside Jamal Murray, and it fit. You saw what could be an absolutely dominant player with this Denver Nuggets team and how he fits into that equation. It was absolutely awesome just to see all of that shot making in one game it wasn't flashes here and flashes there like this is the thing compare it to Emmanuel Moutier who is what the third or the seventh pick in the draft I can't remember he was a high draft pick and Michael Porter Jr. who was looked at as a player of that caliber before obviously the injuries derailed that those both of those players barely played between high school and the NBA both of those players struggled early on but what the difference is is that Emmanuel Moutier's flashes were very sporadic and there was no consistency behind them Michael Porter Jr. has already showed you exactly what he can bring offensively and he has done it all in one game like he had an offensive rebound kick out for a three from Will Barton in the assist tonight he has been able to get to the offensive glass he's showing all of the skills it's not just these one-off flashes that's what's so important it's the fact that these flashes off offensively are consistent he's been a disaster a lot of times like he's been he's hurt the nuggets more often than he's helped them since he has been a part of the rotation that's absolutely expected but the fact that he is constantly improving in this way the fact that you can actively see the way that he has improved and that michael malone has noted that the game has slowed down for him defensively that speaks to his work ethic to get here that speaks to the fact that he fully understands what his role is and it speaks to the fact that he knows what he needs to do to be able to get minutes in the rotation on a nuggets team that is absolutely looking to try and win an nba championship this year for someone like michael porter jr who came into the league with character 
questions and a bit of a prima donna attitude expectation, he has not been that way. He has lived up to a lot of the skills that many people thought he had, but the motor has been phenomenal. His patience, understanding that Michael Malone has a lot of players to play and doing what he can to earn his minutes has been a revelation, and he has been so understanding in that way. And for him just to go out there, and just do the best he can with the minutes he has given and the role that he has. It's an, it's absolutely a testament to what he has been able to do. And he deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, I've talked for like 10 minutes about Michael Porter Jr. So I'm going to move on now. But seriously, if you get an opportunity, go back and rewatch that game. Because Michael Porter Jr. did a lot of things that very few people at his size can do. Um, this was a team effort. This was not a game in which it was just Michael Porter Jr. or Nikola Jokic carried the way or Will Barton had a huge run. The Nuggets, think about this. The Nuggets had seven players in double figures. They had five players with 15 or more points and zero players with 20 or more points. That was entirely a group effort, and it was so cool to see the altruistic nature of this Nuggets team despite the fact that they were playing different rotations because of the injuries. It just continually shows that this Nuggets unit is so... Um, cohesive as a group, whether it's bench or starters, that even when things are going wrong, they still find ways to win, and they still find ways to play with each other and things like that. Um, I'll have a story up about Tory Craig and the idea of sacrifice and how willing he has been able to do that for Michael Porter Jr., but it's another piece of evidence to show that this Nuggets team gets it and understands what it takes for them to win in a way that most people would not expect considering the average age of this roster. So very, very impressive team effort for this game. Like Michael Porter Jr. had 19, Jeremy Grant had 18, Nikola Jokic had 17, Barton had 19, Murray had 13, Mason Plumley had 15, um, Malik Beasley had 11. Like There were just so many players who found a way to impact this game, and it was really, really impressive to see. Uh, once again, man, Will Barton has just a propensity to do exactly what the Nuggets need. And he is not asserting himself over top of the Nuggets offense. He is perfectly involved in it without being somebody who is taking up too many possessions. He was 8 of 14 from the field tonight. Yes, he took the most shots on the team, but it's 14. Like You live with that. That's not bad at all, especially on that efficiency. 19 points on 14 shots is very good, especially considering he only made one of his four threes and only took two free throws tonight. On top of that, five assists, only one turnover, another three rebounds, which he was still boxing out and being very involved otherwise. But, And this is the last thing. Will Barton's defense has been absolutely spectacular this year, and again, it is another game in which he was able to really sit down in a stance and do a great job. He had a steal to start out the third quarter in which he just basically got up on the... I can't remember which guard it was. I think it was Buddy Heald, but... He came across half court, and Will Barton was on him immediately, forced a, uh, forced a steal, got out on a run out, and then hit a layup and helped push the Nuggets' lead forward once again. He just continually finds new ways to help this Nuggets team win and stays consistent in doing so. So, again, man, what a game from Will Barton, despite the fact that it was a very, very quiet game. Jamal Murray, man, his shooting has not been there recently. He was only uh, 3 of 10 from the field in this game and continues to struggle with his shot. Um, his defense has also taken a step back, and he hasn't been as good of a creator, but... Uh, he hasn't been as good of a creator. He was better tonight. He had seven assists against three turnovers. Wasn't that bad. Also got six threes up against ten shots, which is also a good sign. Shots just didn't really fall, but... 
Jamal Murray has not been the same Jamal Murray that he was a couple weeks ago when theme, when things seemed to really click for him. So I'm curious what's going to happen with his game going forward. I also think that playing alongside Michael Porter Jr. is not an ideal circumstance for Jamal Murray. They are just too similar in too many ways in terms of the shots that they're looking for. So overall, it was a strange game from Jamal Murray that really just continued this struggle that he has been on over the past five games or so. Uh, Nuggets defense, though, was very, very rough without Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, as to be very expected. Um, The Nuggets give up 54 points in the paint on 27 of 41 shooting, which is just an absurd number. Um, They also allowed the the Kings to shoot 38% from three, so they couldn't take away the three, and they couldn't take away the paint. Uh, Bielitsa absolutely killed them, mostly Michael Porter Jr. De'Aaron Fox was very good in this game once again. Rashawn Holmes, man, just eats this Nuggets team alive. It's wild how he is able to really impact the game in so many ways, and Buddy healed. Well, yes, he was 8 of 18, but 20 points was a, in 35 minutes. They needed every point he brought. So the Nuggets defense was less than stellar, but still, they managed to find a win. They managed to find just enough stops to get this game to go down to the wire and be able to come away with a big-time victory once again. On the second night of a back-to-back, when they were wearing their Skyline uniforms in which they have not won a game this year. So, despite the fact that, yes, there was clearly defensive struggles, the Nuggets still managed to do enough, which is still encouraging. I want to move on to Wancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley, because with Michael Porter Jr. seemingly locked in to a rotation spot now, he seems like he is the first wing off the bench every single night now, which is very good. Um, but I have no idea what they're going to do with the rest of their wing rotation. Torrey Craig was pretty damn good tonight. Yes, he was only one of three, but had two rebounds, including a big offensive one, really impacted the game well defensively, had a big block on Harrison Barnes in which he didn't even have to jump. It was very bizarre, but again, very... Um, just it's just wild to see that how Tory Craig can be so impactful defensively in moments that you wouldn't expect it. Um, but beyond him, man, like yes, Malik Beasley had 11 points, but five of 12 shooting, including one of five from three, and a lot of those shots were not good shots. There were multiple times in which Malik Beasley looked viscerally frustrated on the bench and on the court, and. It seemed like there was a disconnect between him and his teammates when he was playing. I don't know what's going on with Malik Beasley, but there's a very, very real reason why he's not in the rotation. And it I don't think it has much to do with his three-point shooting, but I think it has a lot to do with the rest of his game, as well as whatever the hell is going on with him. I, I really don't know. He just seems off. Um... And I'm not really sure what it is. Like, he's usually not in the locker room when we go to interview people. He's up on the on the practice court getting shots up until most of the media leaves. Um, his minutes have been inconsistent. When I have interviewed him, he's been very short with most people. So it just seems like Malik Beasley is not having a great time right now. And it seems like he's just kind of frustrated. And it's starting to spill over onto the court. Um, Wancho Hernan Gomez, 0 of 5 from the field. All five of those shots were three-pointers. Yes, he had five rebounds in this game and an assist. But overall... Wancho struggled in this game as well. I thought his defense was pretty strong, but he has to hit his hope in threes. He just has to. Like, he doesn't add much without shooting threes. So, when you are 5 of 17 combined and 1 of 10 from three, that's a, there's a problem with that wing rotation. And I'm wondering if you're going to see more Michael Porter Jr. and Torrey Craig as the two wings off the bench going forward because I do think that Torrey Craig will play over both Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez in a playoff series. So I wonder if you're going to see more and more of those guys playing as opposed to Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez. 
Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to two players, Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant. Mason Plumley, 15 points on four shots tonight. Mason Plumley was nine of 10 from the free throw line tonight. He, he, this was probably the best free throw game that I have ever seen him play. And he also had six rebounds, had two assists in this game. And was just a productive, helpful player. He really did a lot of good things. And it's easy to be hard on Plumlee because he does some things that are head-scratching and frustrating. But he's been better. He's been more helpful than he's been a disaster, in my opinion. And another good game from him. Uh, Jeremy Grant as well, 18 points on 9 shots, hit all 6 of his free throws, was 2 of 4 from 3, had a couple awesome defensive plays, 2 block shots and a steal, and overall just a very, very productive player in the starting, in the starting lineup. It was clear that Nikola Jokic and him are still not quite on the same page, but it's good to see both of them playing so well. Jeremy Grant is shooting over 50% from both the field and from three over the past like 10 games or so. So really good to see Jeremy Grant bouncing back in a big way. All right, now let's just look ahead to the Nuggets' next five games because they have a five-game road trip that they are going to start on New Year's Eve. They are going to play at Houston on New Year's Eve, have a day off, and then play at Indiana on the 2nd, have a day off, play at Washington on the 4th, have a day off, play at Atlanta on the 6th, have a day off, and then at Dallas on the 8th. This is a very interesting road trip because the hardest games are at the very beginning. Houston and and Indiana is going to be tough, which makes it even more difficult to get the easy wins on the back half of it. Also, Dallas is not easy. So that's three very good teams, three playoff teams on an East Coast road trip, one of which is the fifth game of the road trip with two mediocre teams sandwiched in between after New Year's Eve. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Nuggets navigate this this road trip. But if they manage to go three and two, I think that's a win. Really, I really think that's a win. But it's going to be very interesting. Thank you guys so much for listening and being a part of this podcast. I always enjoy it. I know I didn't do a mailbag episode tonight. I did a whole lot of work after the game and some stuff that you're going to be very excited about, including a very cool special guest for this Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast that you will hear on the first of the year. So I know that it hasn't been you know the same mailbag kind of stuff, the same format, but there's some really, really cool stuff coming otherwise. Um, again, please go leave reviews of this podcast. Please go leave a five-star rating. Leave comments on the sh- on, on the actual show itself. Um, share it on social media. Whatever it is you do, please continue to support it. It means the world to me. It really, really helps Blue Wire Podcast Network as a whole to continue bringing high-level podcasting to the NBA community. I am TJ McBride of My High Sports and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's been a lot of fun talking nuggets. We will talk to you guys in a couple days. Have a good one. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seamless 
seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.